Welcome to the MLC Awards podcast with Freddie Moyano. I want you to dive with me in amazing, insightful conversations I've had with many amazing guests through my film festival based here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, beautiful Green Bay. And now let's go with this episode featuring Tony Shaloub, who visited us in May of 2022 during the MLC Awards Qualifier Gala. What an unbelievable interview. This segment includes the Q&A, which was never before released. This episode is sponsored by JimmyBruno.com. Jimmy Bruno is a great jazz artist making the music in this podcast possible. Enjoy. Uh, we'll send a, a 
leading the whole program right now. She she couldn't be here with us today, but uh, she's doing a great job over there. Uh, my daughter went to East a couple of years. She's at West right now. Um, not nothing wrong with East, but we know. Just kind of thing. But uh, other than that, uh, great. Any any favorite spots where you hung up? You like to hang out? I mean, you used to come here like in the '70s, perhaps, or something to West Cinema. If you remember any titles you came to oh, watch? Oh God bless you. Um, <laughs> No, I don't, I don't, my memory is really that good. Uh, there were uh, three big theaters, if I remember right, there was the, uh, the Bay Theater on the east side, and the Vic, was it? And, uh, and then this one. And then, of course, there were the drive-ins and all that. But, um, uh, I, you know, the town, when I was growing up, was really smaller and more manageable, and, you know, so there were only a few places to kind of hang out. Um, uh, but we, you know, spent my summers in North County, and uh, we loved, we loved that. I had summer jobs when I was a teenager in North County. We, we have property there now, and we try to get there uh, as often as we can. Sturgeon Bay or Egg Harbor? Or? All the way up. All the way up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Somebody was just in Washington Island, they were telling me about that, and it's just a beautiful scenery over there, you know, Sister Bay and all of that area over there, you know, it's just beautiful, you know, you can't go wrong with that. And in terms of, so then you get to New York, you know, your time in New York City, uh, was it kind of like in the 80s, you know, you get to the New York area, were you in the New York area then? I moved to New York, whoops, I don't know, I think I lost this. Go ahead. Hello, is this on? Hello. Okay. Um, go ahead. I, uh, I moved to New York uh, around 1984. I had gone to college and graduate school, and then I went to, I moved to Boston, where I worked in a theater, a regional, a regional theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And, uh, oh, there it is again. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I spent four years in a regional theater, uh, which was kind of an extension uh, of my drama school experience because the, uh, the guy who was um, the artistic director uh, at Yale and the dean of the drama school uh, started that theater in Boston. He, uh, it was called the American Repertory, it's still there, the American Repertory Theater. I spent four seasons there, then moved to New York, spent six years there, more theater, a lot of, uh, you know, off-Broadway, Broadway, Shakespeare in the Park, um, off, off, Broadway, <laughs> uh, still going uh, occasionally out into other regional theaters around the country, and didn't just in New York started to dip my toe into, you know, television work and film work. Uh, we were just doing whatever we could to get by. I did day. I was a day player on soap operas a few times, and uh, you know, hour-long episodics, things like that. Auditioned for a million commercials, never got a one. <laughs> Any one-liner auditions that you said, you know, what if, what am I going to be able to show with with one line, uh, you know, in the audition room? You know? uh, oh yeah, there's always there's always those. <laughs> <laughs> Auditions are, are just really, um, you know, they're you just have to make peace with the fact that you know there many are called, few are chosen, and you know it's often it's not about you or your uh, 
challenges just if they're looking for a certain thing or they're looking for a certain person that matches up with a different person that you have no idea who that is. And, and, some, and then for me, of course, it was, you're too ethnic, you're not ethnic enough, you're, you know, you're <laughs> So I'm, I'm in the same boat. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you're, you know, you're too tall, or you're too stupid, or something. <laughs> or you're not talented enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there were all those wonderful audition uh, stories. I won't go into that. Right, and then you go into, uh, you know, early 1990s, or you know, perhaps into 1991, 92. And you get, a, I would imagine, the opportunity to audition for, for Wings, right? Or at least to... Right. I, uh, after six years in New York, I felt, you know, like I was getting, you know, pretty, pretty comfortable there. And I was feeling more confident. I was working steadily enough so that I didn't, you know, have to wait on tables and things like that. And uh, I, moved, I thought I'd give L.A. a try. So in 1990, I moved to Los Angeles thinking I would go for six months and try it out and scurry back to New York. <laughs> and um, it was very hard in the beginning. LA was nothing like New York. It didn't feel, you know, I was comfortable in casting offices in New York. I, was, I knew some of the casting people at some of the theaters in, in New York. In LA, it was like starting over. It was uh, rejection after rejection. Um, whatever I had done in both Boston and New York for 10 years seemed to count for nothing in Los Angeles. And um, more, it's just a more unforgiving kind of a place. Um, and then comes like, because I mean, from a, from a TV viewer perspective, I see uh, Antonio Scarpaccio, at least the initial character, you know, coming in season, I want to say two, around episode 16, 17, uh, as a waiter, you know, you got a role as a waiter. How did that happen? Well, that was an audition, one of many, many auditions that I had that, that fall in LA, um, my first time there. And uh, it's so funny, I. I I had got this audition, and they only give you a couple of scenes to look at. And um, I was reading the sides, and I was, I was talking to my sister. My sister Sherry was here tonight, tonight today, and she was living out in LA. And I said, I, I wasn't watching TV at that time because I was mostly doing theater. So I was working at night, and, and it wasn't it was before DDRs, and it was before all of that. Three, you know, there were three channels or something. Uh, and uh, there was no electricity in the show. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I wasn't really up on TV. I just wasn't, it wasn't on my radar. And I said, so I'm auditioning for the show and it's uh, Wings. And she said, oh, that, that there were characters on the show. The, the main characters were named Joe and Helen. And that happened to be our parents' names, and, which my sister pointed out to me. And uh, Joe had a brother, Brian, and my father had a brother, Brian. And it was just too weird. <laughs> sort of kismet-like. And so I went into this audition, and uh, 
it was just, it was one episode, and it was one of those times where I hilarious. Wasn't, like, I hilarious. wasn't too ethnic, and I wasn't uh, not, not ethnic enough. Um, so I did this one episode, two or three days. I'd never done a sitcom before. It's a totally different way of working. Four cameras, multi-camera, moving, you know, moving around. But there was a live audience, which was good for me because I had been so used to doing theater, and so it felt a little, had that familiarity. You just saved me a question right there. I was going to ask you if that was a good transition for you with the multi-camera, but that's definitely... I was in the complete uncharted waters, you know, um, but luckily they were very welcoming, uh, the cast and the director at that time, and let, kind of let me off the leash and said, you can really go for it here, you know, this is... This is comedy, and you just go for it. And so I did, and um, weirdly, so we did. I did the episode, and that was it. It was great. And uh, a number of months later, they called me, my agents, and said, asked if I would like to come back as a recurring character. So then that turned that one episode turned into six years, six years. <laughs> He was the one that casted a certain way and 
David a certain amount of hearts and you know, poignancy, and, uh, along with the broad comedy stuff. And uh, I said, look, uh, I'm doing this pilot of, uh, about an OCD character, and I, I think it needs the right tone, because if, it, if we do it wrong, see, if you do a pilot and it just doesn't, you don't get it right, it, they just flush, it gone. So you have to kind of hit that sweet spot. And um, I, I asked him to do it. Coincidentally, his name is Dean Paracelis, brilliant guy. And coincidentally, he had been working on a, uh, developing a film about an OCD character. And that film never, never came to fruition. So he had already done a lot of research, and he handed some of that stuff off to me. Uh, tapes of uh, things like, uh, what do you call it, like 60 minutes, uh, you know, 2020 uh, or Dateline things where they did, uh, um, they did reports about people suffering with this particular disorder. And he gave me a lot of material to read and look at, and we spoke at length about it. And uh, so he was very helpful in the, in, the, in the kind of getting the tone right. Because we knew that we wanted to do a comedy, but we didn't want to you know, make fun of or make light of this very serious uh, disorder, which many people uh, suffer uh, from to varying degrees. And it you know, causes much disruption in people's lives. And, uh, the gesture with the hands that you do with the hands, is that something you incorporated out of your own creativity or that was something that was given to you, you know, how he does with the hands? And all I think Jack just pulled that out of here. <laughs> I can't remember how I come up with certain shit. And then with the, with the shake of the, the, shake of the, of the neck like that, which I saw on wings, by the way, uh, even previously, I, I told you, I said, you know, you were pulling that move. Uh, Tony, I told you. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we all, there are always uh, elements of ourselves in all of these things we do, uh, most most often, and uh, you know, we're, we we bring our uh, own idiosyncrasies uh, to our characters, I guess. In terms of character layers, I'm going. Skipping forward to Abe Weissman, you know, over uh, your most uh, recent uh, gig that you're doing on season five, correct? Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Meisel. We're, we're shooting. We're shooting that now. Okay, good. Who loves Marvelous Mrs. Meisel? And I love Abe uh, because there's so many good layers into him. You know, he's got that professorial touch. You know, nothing seems to, nothing seems to get past him. But he's in a little bit in his own world, isn't he? Is, it, is, is there more layers to, to Abe than there were to Adrian Monk or Scarpacci, if you will, in terms of progress along this series, uh, seasons? Yeah, I, I guess it all starts with the writing, really. You know, we're just, we're, we're creative, but we're not. We're interpreters of, of written material. That's what we do. Uh, we're not... Um, you know, Monk was certainly not a character that I came up with. I, sh I shaped it to what I felt. I, I, I spoke at length with the writers and, and I tried to make clear to them what I thought I could do or, or wanted to do uh, with what they had given me. 
and I tried to steer it in certain directions and keep the tones sort of consistent. Uh, but, you know, um, it really all starts with the written word. And to answer your question about Abe, you know, Abe, these writers are, are extraordinary. They're just, they're on, a, they're on another level, the next level. And um, the layers, I think, that you see, I mean, it all comes from them and, and the relationships. And because 99% because of the time acting is truly collaborative venture, you know, um, you're getting, you're, you're, you're feeding, off, of course, off of the other actors and you're playing with those other actors. So some of my choices are uh, grow out of uh, what is being thrown at me. And um, so I, I in, in a, in, when the writing is really, really good, the actor's job is to get out of the way, step out of the way. Uh, really, and as much as is true in, in life sometimes, you know, just step out of, get out of your own way and, uh, and let it, you know, just try to, um, you know, it's funny, you asked me, when we were younger, when I was younger, we, we worked so hard to figure out what the, what this sort of, what the system was to, to acting, what the magic was, what the fairy, where's that fairy dust, and how do I, how do I get it, and what sort of torture, self-torture do I have to put myself through, excuse me, I'm getting warm. That's okay, no, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about layers just now, Tony, you know, if you want, yeah, feel free. You're I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> And then as, you, as, as I grew older and, and worked more and more, I realized he's really much more about um, serving, serving the writer, serving the director, serving the uh, other actors that you're working with, serving the designers. So this collaborative, this collaborative nature. You know, you're not a, you're not a painter. And you're by yourself in a studio where it's, it's just you and that. In, you know, that vision is just a beautiful thing, you know. Or a writer who's staring at a blank screen or a blank page. Or, this is really about um, opening, opening, opening up to the, uh, to the, uh, the, the other collaborators and, and serving the piece. So you're just one part of a, of a story you want to, how do I, how does my part inform this story? And it's, it's hard to do, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, keep that in, in your mind because the, the business of show business is the opposite kind of, it's kind of like, how do I get front and center? How do I elevate and advance myself and my career and my profile and you know, my followers or whatever that is? And so, and because, so it's a bit of a balancing act, you know, how do I, how do I keep myself, you know, out there, but, but not make it all about me? Right. That's a long, long answer to it. That's, <laughs> yeah.
talking now so you can kind of get a couple of CR Spring moments right there, you know, while I'm <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I'm watching, uh, of course, through season four, which is what's available on my show, um, you know, you were talking about the writers and stuff, uh, you, I'm sure you, it, it seems like you're having so much fun with the actual Abe personality becoming like a, a film critic, right, like a critic, theater critic, you know, <laughs> you know, that, a theater critic, theater critic sorry, yeah, yeah. and, um, when you read that on the script, you were like, boy, that could open up. Uh, is that kind of how you, when your mind reacted and saying, wow, you know well, that's, Yeah, that's the luxury of this particular, uh, uh, you know, this show. And these, these uh, our creators, our writers. Because so often on a TV show, you, you really are called on to play one thing or two colors only. And, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're basically a device, for lack of a better word, and uh, you're you. It's very easy to get boxed into just doing that over and over. Uh, whereas with Maisel, all of these characters are in constant flux, and Abe, well, you know, we see him first. He's a you know a, a professor, math professor at Columbia, and then then he gets a job at Bell Labs, and he's. Uh, He's brought his thing. But then we see, in another season, we see him, he's uh, vacationing in the Catskills, and we see him drinking too much. <laughs> and then we see him, you know, uh, you know in Paris, and we, see, we start, they start to un unravel uh, his backstory, which I have no idea about. I can make up all the backstory I want, but until the writers, because we don't see the whole, of course, we don't see the whole, you know, five seasons, and like a book, you know, they just dole these scripts out one at a time. And we're so excited because we trust them. And we, we're excited about, oh, where are they gonna take me now? And now I'm a, I dropped my, my job at Columbia, I dropped Bell Labs, and I've become a, a, a theater critic for the Village Voice. I've connected with, I've connected with an old friend who uh, was played by Jason Alexander, who's a, uh, who was a playwright who got blacklisted in the 50s and uh, you know, runs a little surf shop in Miami. And, and, uh, and so there's that, turns out in our 20s, when we were college in, college in the 20s, in our 20s, uh, too, uh, we were activists and we were, you know, kind of even almost like, you know, like that communist leftist thing. And so there's that whole other, oh my god, now I'm seeing my character from this other perspective. And uh, it's, so they're just, they're just really good at shaking things up and throwing us curves and... So, I was talking about film critic because I've actually started doing a little bit of film critiquing, but not so much. It kind of evolved into interviewing actors that are connected to Green Bay, etc. I've been doing that, as I explained yesterday to you, on the, for the Green Bay City pages. So that's kind of why I brought that, we're at that angle, you know, just to kind of show, I wanted to show you, uh, you know, the City pages right here, because it's a, it's a publication that's free. Uh, it can be acquired at YMCA's, it can be acquired in many uh, different locations. And, uh, <laughs> 
and, and you know what? It really supports the arts. You know, it, it was it, it was born and uh, that's you're doing great. You're imposing the Press Times, which everybody in the audience has a Press Times, copy of the Press Times and City Pages, by the way. You want to pull the Press Times too if you don't mind that way. See, you don't only have to talk, you can just post. It's just a show. Right? Yeah, you can, there you go. The Press Times is a City of Green Bay's official newspaper. It says that on the cover there, and uh, yeah, and it's. Um, I, I write a, a wildlife piece, if you guys get a chance to look at page six of the Press Times. <laughs> I'm the master of cross promotion. I'm the master of cross promotion. So I do a wildlife piece for the for them, and so I get to go to the wildlife sanctuary, the Bay Beach Wildlife Sanctuary, which has been in place for over 75 years. And I go there once a month, and I write about rehabilitated animals. You know, like I'm posing on page six with little fox kids. You know, cubs is really cool. They're baby raccoons. I've never had never heard of baby raccoon. Uh, right off, it's right on page six. If you, if you <laughs> He's like, I want to see Freddie holding a baby raccoon. So it's a very nice experience. I'm really thankful to Heather Grace for giving me that opportunity. You know, to kind of go back and visit and just really uh, change it. You know, it's it's a game-changing thing for me. You know, I love wildlife. I'm filming wildlife in the bay. I'm always out hiding in the bushes. You know, with my long lens. To see if the next heron comes up in Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. I, I'm telling you, you, I got family here. You can ask my mother-in-law, Sherry, over there. She can tell you. You know, I'm, I'm always filming. I'm even, I even film her. her. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's very, it, thank you for your support on that because last year. Is this you? No, well, this guy it could with be. The shovel and not, <laughs> not me, not, not me. But that gives me some ideas there, Tony, let me tell you. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm just happy doing what I do. And then for the, yeah, for the city pages, I, I, I've interviewed, you know, I'm sure some of you in the audience have been interviewed before, but I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to, to help. Um, and so, yeah, so that eight critic, you know, I started doing, uh, you know, some movies out there last year, I started kind of writing about them and stuff. I tried to be nice, you know, because you know how some critics can kind of be, you know, really, and it's my honest opinion, I like to see the positive on things, you know, so I kind of took that path, and then when I saw that your character took over that theater critic, you know, thing, I kind of said, oh, that, that is really cool, you know, it's like, um, I wanted to ask you about uh, Monk, I know we saw that Peacock, uh, and before we go with the audience questions, of course, uh, Peacock Revival, uh, it was on a Peacock channel, I think it was like two, a year or two ago with during pandemic. Oh, it was a public service right. thing that we did. Yeah, and so, um, but other than that, is there, have, have there been any, are you at liberty to kind of say, you know, is, is, is a movie or something, uh, some sort of like Monk story coming back uh, uh, in a two hour tape or something like that, that kind of, you know, just, you know, is Monk coming back, or is he kind of... But there's a possibility of that happening. There's conversations about that happening. So, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be playing Monk's grandfather. <laughs> if, if, you need a, if you need a Mexican, uh, you know, 
<laughs> We're a taxi driver, I could be your Scarpaccio guy. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, we, we certainly... Uh, who doesn't love Monk over here? I mean, we all love Monk. And, and certainly, um, you know, I know you said you were hot earlier. I'm getting really tan, so I'm going to After a master cross-promotion, I have to put my cover from the, from the sun up here. But I wanted to give you on behalf of our team a similar hat, you know, for, for you to keep it. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's already signed by Freddie. I didn't even have to use a Sharpie because they kind of <laughs> embroidered my name in it. So uh, I'm sorry, we didn't have time. We didn't have time to put Tony in it, but I hope you're okay with that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm lovely, thank you. <laughs> it was the least you could do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah exactly. No, I, <laughs> uh, well, uh, with that, I am going to, unless you want to add something that I, you know, that you want to add in terms of expanding on, on some of the answers that I gave no, you. No, I just uh, thought we'd take some uh, questions from the yes, audience. Yes, we are going to. Yeah, we are going to right now. So, But before we do, uh, I've got some question, urgent requests lined up. But first of all, I want to bring Steve Martin, who is in my team, uh, uh, with the MLC Awards. If you want to step forward, Steve. Right here. Well, come on over, Steve. Come on over. And, uh, I want to introduce you to Steve Martin, who's in my MLC Awards team. It, it, it is there ever since it started. You know, he. Tony Pleasure. Pleasure. Yes. And uh, you want to. Yeah, go ahead and make. So, Tony, it's a pleasure to meet you. And uh, you were talking moments ago about, you know, acting sometimes being the device, right? I'm that person. I'm the device now transitioning between Freddie and the audience. So, <laughs> but I do actually have a question for you, if that's sure. okay. Perfect. So you, you talked a lot about uh, trying to find that, that that fairy dust. I think you called it. Um, I'm curious. So all of the, your, your diversity of all the parts that you played and the long career that you've had. I'm always curious about where someone starts. So what was it? Can you put your fingers on anything that kind of, I'll call it, possessed you to pursue this career? Because we know it's very difficult to get into, and you've obviously been successful. Was there a moment in your life that you're like, yes, that's the career I want? Well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's more than just one moment. It's a series of moments. It's a cumulative uh, kind of, of a wave that just kind of keeps Coming, I think I, um, my, um, another sister that you're, uh, tonight, my sister Susan, uh, put me in my first play. Uh, she was in uh, high school. I was very, very young and uh, was sort of uh, recruited to be in a play at her high school. And so that was the first time I was, I was, I was six years old. And I don't know, maybe, maybe something you know, kind of click there when I was a kid. Then I did a little, uh, in, in high school, when I was at East, still no applause. <laughs> I was at East, I, I did a couple of plays mm -hmm. there, with, you know, junior year, senior year. You know, it was kind of like a thing, a hobby. I was not good at sports and, you know, uh, all that. Um, and then when I got into college, uh, was here at the University of Bay. I took a college acting class and I started to, I don't know, I really don't, I can't tell you 
when it sort of clicked. Um, it's just a accumulation of moments, and and uh, it was just that thing that I I, I felt I I, I could I could uh, bring something to I guess you know, bring something to the table, and uh, I I think it's. For, for, for a lot of people who get into this kind of work, it's uh, one of the key elements is uh, uh, taking a, a risk, a big risk. So I think maybe one moment, I can remember it so well, uh, that, that you're talking about. It was, I was in college, and I was a freshman, I guess, and um, the theater department, FGD was quite, it was quite vibrant. There was a, a the head of it was a, a kind of a crazy, God, don't know me on this. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that one. Very intense guy was an actor named Paul Mann, I think his name was. And he had been, you know, theater and movies and stuff. And he was teaching and he was a bit of a taskmaster. taskmaster. And we were, you know, they were all the upper class people, like the juniors and the seniors, they were doing all the really great roles in these plays that he was directing. And he was teaching acting and directing plays. And he asked some of the freshmen to, oh, I know, they were doing a play. They were doing a play about, uh, it was the 1930s uh, play called Leading the Lefty. It was uh, Clifford O'Dell about labor, you know, unions of labor very intense way from depression era. And he asked some of us to be um, guys at this union hall meeting. And uh, what, you know, everybody had like one line they could yell out at the, at the union or the heads or whatever. And I was given this one line. And uh, I just don't know what came over me. Because everybody was like popping up and saying their lines. But it was a very emotional and heated moment uh, in this union meeting. And, uh, or these people who were trying to form a union, I guess. And I don't know what came over that. When it came time, and this was a rehearsal, uh, I stood up to say my line and I just screamed it at the guy. And it was, because I kind of got caught up in the, in the sort of place. You know, these poor guys were, you know, taxi drivers, whatever they were doing, laborers, you know, working for no money and struggling and, and angry. I just, I just sort of really screamed at this actor who was at the Korean. Uh, and it, it just, I sort of startled myself. <laughs> and they were kind of, they were, and the guy on stage that I was yelling at, I could see him Registered was different, was sort of different. And I thought, you know, I think there's, I, I, I think I get it. I think, you know, it's that, that thing of, I mean, they could have looked at me and said, hey, you know, keep it, keep it going. Yeah. This isn't really about a scene about you. Yeah. But I just thought, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And uh, I think that was one of those moments. Um, just, like a, those moments were like in a cartoon where someone sort of steps off the ledge, you know, just sort of like <laughs> hanging in there yeah. before they. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there were a number of those. That's a fantastic story. Thank you. And, and just a quick follow-up. You talked about your professor who was kind of a, um, a strict professor. W were there other people, uh, artists in general, that maybe influenced you on, oh, on yes. your career or oh, on the choices you've made as far as your, your productions? Oh, yes. Uh, many teachers that I had, both in college and at, uh, in graduate school, in the drama school at Yale, and a uh, uh, number of really, really um, unconventional and, and uh, people that really uh, kind of were able to tap into that thing in, in each of us as individuals that was, uh, you know, that to kind of crack it open and unleash the, you know, unleash the, the, uh, the spirit a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I, oh, that's too long, you know. Uh, uh, really, people that I've stayed in touch with my whole life, really, um, that it became friends and mentors and um, uh, I, I, I'm, I've just been very lucky and I, I you know, to have, to have, uh, have been touched by all of that, all of that uh, experience and wisdom and diversity. Right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we're going to turn to our audience now, but first we have uh, a special guest. Thank you for that. Can we turn it over? See you in the mayor, guys. Sit again? Okay. Before I give the floor to the mayor, it's a great honor to have you here. Go ahead and make yourself comfortable. Um, I forgot to say earlier that Tony is going to be, uh, we have a, a new category, the MLC Awards in New England is opening on June 1st, okay, in New England. For about five, six months, then it takes us to Arkansas, every month of January we're in Arkansas. That, uh, it's, it's amazing, the South crowds that we get. And then we go back to Green Bay, and the rest of the years are in, it's also in September this year, of course, September the following year. So for September of the following year, We've got a new category that's starting that's called the best screenplay, best script, okay? We really wanted to dive into that, it's, it's, it's been a few months, and I'm really thankful that Tony agreed to kind of help us pick the final winner of that, you know, in, in terms of like, the final two in September of next year. So I kind of wanted to, to thank you for that, you know, because it really, it, it gives us an amazing input, you know, we get to announce to the crowds in September of next year and everything, uh, so I wanted to mention that in, in, in between questions that we're very thankful and we're MLCAwards.com, we're hoping to do it first. Uh, yeah. All yours. I'm the only thing standing between you and the audience, so I'll, I'll sort of make this quick. But uh, I, I just wanted to say on, on behalf of the city of Green Bay, we're really proud of you, of course, as our favorite son, and, uh, and just thrilled, <laughs> thrilled to have you back in town. You know, Freddie took all my questions, so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, one thing that I was um, that I've always, I guess, been struck by is the, the diversity, the breadth of your work. Um, you know, the, the different types of roles that you've been able to play, and sort of those, you know, the situational comedy, and then Monk, uh, dramedy, kind of in the, the heyday of, of cable television, and then uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and um, you know, the streaming, and so. But one thing that, that struck me um, that you had said was that you, you really kind of served the work and, um, 
you know, are very collaborative and, and responding to the actors that you work with. And I was wondering if, if, if that's partially the reason that you've been able to be so successful, not even touching on your theater work and, and film work. Um, I think few people have been able to do what you've done at the level that you've been able to do it. And I was just curious if you have any insights or advice uh, to aspiring actors over at East High, maybe, in the Fine Arts Program, um, in terms of what, what they can do or the mindset that they can have in order to have success in as many ways as possible. Yeah, that's a, that's a question that I, I, I'm often asked about advice. And, uh, you know, it, it, I thought a lot about this because I, I, as, as I get older, I, I think it, my answer sort of changes. And, uh, but I would say, just to echo what I said earlier, um, that it's, you have to lean into um, lean into this idea that it's a collaborative venture. And, and, and to, to, so the, the, short, <laughs> the short piece of advice is, it, it's not about you. I don't know how else to really put it. it the, the, the business of it wants you, to, uh, wants you to think that it is about you. But it, if you can just kind of remind yourself and work toward this idea that if, if you can, you know, uh, if you can work in such a way that to keep your ego out of it, um, I think that's that's it, that's it. To keep them on it. Um, the other part of it is really is that it's, uh, and I talked about this in other interviews and other, uh, um, you know. Uh, at uh, interviews and things too. And that's the, sort of the, the, the idea that, that, that it's really a roller coaster. It's, 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 there's never, it's rarely an upward trajectory that's unending. It goes up, it goes down, yeah, you're, you, you find a little uh, heat and a little success and then, you, and then it, it evaporates on you. Your work, improves and then it plateaus and then it goes it can't go downhill like all artists you it's a constant reinvention recommitment to uh to, to the growth of it all is that the long winded answer but um i'll be sure to pass that advice along to my fellow practitioners of politics to keep the ego out of it. So. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for being Thank in town. Appreciate it. I'll kick it over to the audience. This is uh, Heather Aaron. Uh, she's uh, my agent in Green Bay. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hi, Tony. So nice to meet you. Well, I am so sad that I got to go after these guys because one of my questions was about, you know, when you knew you wanted to be in the industry because when I was very young, I knew this was something that I wanted to do. So I'm just going to kind of ask you a different question. Is there a project or a producer or an actor that you feel at this point in your career that you still, this is something I really want to do or is, have you worked on a project where it's like, yes, that is, 
I'm so glad I got to work with you. For instance, I got to work with Patrick Swayze on his last television series, The Beast, which was such a big thing to me because I grew up with Dirty Dancing um, in the 80s. And so is there a project or an actor or a producer that at this point you still, that would be like a dream to you or have you already worked on a project like that? I've been lucky uh, in, in my life that I, I've been able to, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with certain idols of mine. I mean, real, you know, even from, I, I, I remember when I was a teenager and I watched a movie on TV uh, called A Thousand Clowns. It was a beautiful movie written by her gardener, a playwright. And it was, it was a Broadway play that they made into a movie. And this, the main actor in this movie was Jason Robards. And in this movie, I became obsessed with this film. And this was at a time when you couldn't, there weren't tapes, and you couldn't, you know, you couldn't rewatch a movie. You had to wait till the next year to watch the movie. And, um, but I, whenever, I looked for it every year when, when it was going to be on, and I sort of studied this. Then cut to, um, cut to like uh, the mid, late, mid late 80s, and I was in New York, and I did a movie, a film movie called Quick Change. And there I was working with this, with James Lawrence, who was, to me, was like, that was like the gentleman was asking before, those moments in your life, I was watching this film and thinking, I want to be like that, I want to do that. And then I got a chance to work with this man, and it was, and I told him this story. He, he was an older man, and uh, he was so sweet. And uh, it happened again um, a number of years later when I, uh, about maybe, uh, I can't remember now, a few years later, I actually got to do a play, a Broadway play, with that writer, with a, this Phil Gardner, this brilliant, funny, crazy man. Um, I play called Conversations with My Father, and uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I was working with and sitting with and collaborating with this idol of mine from my youth. I, I mean, this has happened to me again and again. When I was in college, I was, uh, the movies that we were all with were the John Cassavetes movies. Uh, these were these kind of cinema verite, raw, wonderful movies with Peter Falk and Ben Gisbar and all these great, and John Cassavetes. And he was married to Jenna Rollins, and she was the most brilliant uh, actress, and is, she's still alive, of course. And then cut to many years later, on Monk, we had a part uh, where we needed an older woman, and I thought, You just, you don't think it's possible. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much. This is Sherry. I really don't have a question for you. <laughs> but my son-in-law was so insistent on you have to come up and talk. <laughs> so I work as a psychotherapist. So when you restart Monk, don't forget. <laughs> you know, because it doesn't have to be male. Because he left anyways, right? He right. abandoned you. And, and we just don't do that in psychotherapy. We don't abandon our patients. <laughs> so I promise I won't abandon you. And we're probably similar in age, so we can talk about the three channels on TV okay. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. so we'll have that all in common. All right. Do you want to advise, do you want to play the therapist, or do you want to just uh, like advise me, or, or what are you suggesting? Well, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, don't listen to him. <laughs> Just listen to me, and things will work out really well, right? Okay. Right? Absolutely. I do have a quick question, though. When you're walking down the streets of Green Bay or De Pere, or I'm from Marinette, tiny little town, 60 miles northeast, how is that for you? I mean, is there a sense of, oh my gosh, people are going to recognize me, and then when they don't, you're kind of pissed off? Or... <laughs> I mean, I've never been famous, so I'm just kind of wondering. When I do become famous, when I work on Monk. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... Uh... I try not to think about it too much. I don't, um, I, I don't, if I'm recognized, it's okay. If I'm not recognized, it's fine. I don't, I don't <laughs> recognize that much. But, you know, not like some people. I mean, there's a lot of, mm -hmm. I, I feel, I, I'm, and I feel, I consider myself fortunate in that. That I don't, you know, I can still go places. And, you know, and sometimes people will say, oh, you're that guy, you're that guy. And I'll say, <laughs> George <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'll go through a list of like all the best looking. Um, or sometimes people think I'm someone else. Like a lot of times they'll think I'm like the guy from Simon's the soup nuts.
went out to communion, and I'm coming back, and you know, from the rail, and someone comes over to me and says, I, you know, I'm really a big fan. I'm like, I've got communion with the Lord. Anyway, yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't bother me if it don't. It's just one of those things. Okay, thank you so much. Chris Harding, this is your biggest mom fan. Oh, Derek! Hi, Derek. How's it going? What is your uh, biggest mom my favorite episode? Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, there are so many uh, that I really thought, you know, that we, we kind of hit a home run or at least a triple. Uh, I think one of my favorites was um, when I had to uh, take the medicine and then I Monk kind of became a different. Mr. Monk takes his medicine. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then started wearing Hawaiian shirts and dresses. <laughs> that, was, that was fun because all of a sudden I could play almost like a different character for a change. And uh, yeah, that that was that was a, a good. <laughs> and then there was I I like the one about. I like the one about the garbage strike. Okay. Yeah, where the garbage just yeah. and that was that was fun. I had to I had to uh, I had to do a, a scene in the shrimp's office. Yeah. And there were garbage bags just falling. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your
get, you know, some scenes together or work on a play together or do a reading of a Shakespeare play or do a reading of a, you know, whatever it is. A film script, even. And, um, you know, now there's so many different, when I was coming out, it wasn't like it is now. There, you know, there weren't every camera and every phone and, you know, uh, all these different platforms. We just didn't have that. But, but there, are, there are a lot of ways you can try to um, read more and, uh, you know, whether you're uh, into singing, you know, practice that when you can. Dance, you know, exercise or dance if you do that. To always kind of keep it, keep it alive so the so things don't get sort of soft and flabby and, um, and, 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 and the best way to do that is with people that, you know, friends or, or people that you respect or other, other actors or other creative types. And um, sometimes when I was in, in between work, I would try to always just start, I would take piano lessons, even though I never really was a piano player. I'd just like exercise a new part of my brain or study, uh, you know, to take a, find some Italian Cakes and learn Italian or whatever. Learning Macedonian. <laughs> yeah. I thought I didn't have a question over here. Thank you. I can't emphasize this enough how fortunate I was to 
um, to meet the teachers that I had and the directors that I worked with. And, uh, and I, I had a, I think one thing that really helped me was I didn't subscribe to any one sort of school of thought. I mean, there were sort of various acting schools or techniques, let's say, the method and actor studio, which is the method. And then there's these different, and sometimes I, feel, I felt, I found that certain people would get sort of locked into one path. And I found, I found, I was healthier for me to get a more sort of diverse, uh, just more diverse uh, kind of schools of thought. I work with Eastern European directors, and I work with British guys, and I work with some, uh, this guy in New York who was just did, you know, in the avant-garde. And, and I try not to reject out of hand because it didn't fit in with what I was already working for or thought I knew, let's say. And so just trying to keep an open mind and that, you know, maybe there's many, many roads to, to this. And uh, I think for me, anyway, that was healthy and uh, helped with my, uh, um, and it, it spurred me to try to do things that were possibly a little, you know, characters that were not close to me.
frankly, it, it, I think it, it righted the ship. The ship was starting to kind of go off course, and and so for all of us, it it, uh, it was a kind of lifesaver.
It's good, it's good. Yeah, hey, I'm from Spain. I, I'm a chorizo type guy. So let me tell you why. You know, I, I, I yeah. So, but thank you so much for taking that, that, that time. And let's give Tony a hand of applause. completely unabridged to just listen to another beautiful episode of the MLC Awards podcast by Freddie Moyano and the people surrounding the MLC Awards and anything MLC Productions touches, such as productions like Room 108, Union House Hotel, etc. Stay tuned for interviews with actors in those shows, actors and personalities who visit our galas either on a distant basis or up close in person. Do not miss any of those updates and enjoy the music of Jimmy Bruno, my buddy Jimmy Bruno. I love his guitar. <laughs>